Welcome to Skill with Virtual Assistants, where we explore how to get support from virtual assistants so that you can grow your business and have a life. Welcome, everyone. Today, I am joined by Tim Boyle from Finalytics Financial. It's a little bit of a mouthful, um, but he has a whole team who supports people to grow their property portfolio, buy their first home, um, refinance their current home, and just helps them with all of that stuff. So um, welcome, Tim. Do you want to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your business with everyone? Great, Arvind. Yeah, it's lovely to ha uh, be on board your show. Thank you. Uh, so we're a, a team based in Melbourne. Um, we serve uh, a lot of people in the medical and professional services types of industries and also first-home buyers are very dear to my heart as well. Um, and so we've got uh, a team here in Melbourne of five people in our office and then we serve clients across the country. So we do a lot of work interstate as well, whether that's uh, Victorians buying investment properties in other states or uh, people buying their own homes in other states, whatever it might be. And um, we've now got three virtual assistants, believe it or not, uh, with you. And so um, we'll talk about how that came about and all of that. But yeah. So basically a team of eight, five locally and three remotely. And uh, our business is not just pure mortgage breaking. We help people, as you referred to, with their investment portfolios, et cetera, as well. Yeah, fantastic. And so, Tim, um, I know that you've got three virtual assistants. You got one a little while ago when you got two recently, I think on Monday. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk to me, like if you, you cast your mind back to like just prior to getting your first virtual assistant with us, um, uh, where was your business at when you decided to get a virtual assistant? Yeah, um, I'm going to say I was a reluctant virtual assistant buyer. <laughs> um, I've been in business, uh, in this business now around six years and um, essentially have done pretty much it all locally. We did have periods where in our industry it's quite popular to offshore aspects of the pure mortgage processing, as we might call it. I dabbled in that, wasn't very comfortable. And the reason I was reluctant on the virtual side is really I've always been a believer in building up a strong team culture. We do a lot of in-house training. We've got to be flexible. Priorities change during the day. And I know it was expensive, but um, that's sort of where I came from. And I was a bit sick of business colleagues, both in our industry and our slice, saying, you're going to get a virtual assistant at you know, XYZ. So anyway, I thought, gee, I'd seen you somewhere on LinkedIn or something, and we might have briefly met in a past life, whatever it might have been, and I reached out and took the dabble to get one, just struggling to get resources in Australia, which obviously many people listening to the show would agree with. It's been a challenge for the last few years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, um, obviously, that was your first hire. T t tell me about what was going on for you prior to getting uh, the two virtual sisters that started just this week. Yeah, so we're um, we're growing as as a business, which is great to be able to say. Uh, not everybody is, um, and so we don't take that for granted. And so uh, we've brought in quite a new team locally as well, and we've done a lot of work on our processes, getting our processes right. And so uh, that's been forced on us for various reasons, and it just sort of came about that. Um, 
I, I am recruiting in-house as well. And we decided, well, that could be done um, offshoring and uh, this could be done in-house. So we're doing both at the moment. We're recruiting um, in the office as well as uh, reaching out to you guys and bringing on two more as you've referred to this week. The whole idea, I guess, of that, Carmen, is that we're none of them report to me, although I'm the business owner. And so it's all about getting leverage in our group. And so I'm a great believer in sort of, don't know how to word this quite correctly, but putting them in the areas that are close to the people actually doing the work to give them the leverage and growing both, uh, both teams, really, through the help of the, um, the, the VAs in the Philippines. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, uh, prior to this uh, chat, I had a I spoke to our account manager Priya, who's been working with you on this, and I said, "Give me the lowdown on Tim." And she told me your whole story, and she said, "What Tim's really good at is um, having his Australian team um, support his virtual assistant." So the two virtual assistants who started on Monday, it was one of your Australian team who was actually at the welcome meeting where we introduced the virtual assistants, and it'll be that person will be at the check-in meetings as well. So um, that's like uh, leverage uh, personified, Tim. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, that's probably very flattering. I was probably just too lazy to be there, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously, Tim, some, some business owners come to me and they're in that um, problem where they're like, oh, I'm too busy. Um, yeah. I'm too busy to get a virtual assistant. Like it's this like no win situation. And so to be able to leverage your existing team to support your new virtual assistant, I think is really gold. And um, I think you're underplaying yourself, Tim. There's some skill in getting that happening. And the fact that you're able to get it happening is pretty impressive. Well, look, I do think having the um, the the benefit of having a, 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 a live team, if I could call it that, and a virtual team, to me, that's the magic, really, Carmen. I don't. I wouldn't be comfortable if everybody was virtual, um, no matter how small your team is. Um, and in hindsight, I probably wouldn't be comfortable if everybody was live because we're probably getting people to do the wrong things. Mm. And so, I think that's the key to it. Is it's not pairing up, but it is generating that leverage, as I've referred to, um, yeah. just to be able to empower everybody, really. Yeah. And so, Tim, the number one question I get asked. Um, by business owners is what can a virtual assistant do? So Tim, I'd love you to step us through what your virtual assistants do, maybe what your first virtual assistant Vanessa used to do and how that's changed, what your new virtual yeah. assistant is doing, you know, who they're working with in your team. Um, yeah, and just share some of that with us. Yeah, yeah, pleasure to do that. Uh, so um, I always used to think a virtual assistant was like a personal assistant that was offshore, but... um. That's not what ours are. So we'll, I'll call them virtual assistants, but but they've actually got real job descriptions and the real things that they need to do. And I mentioned earlier before, we've done a lot of reorganization of our process and they play key roles throughout that process. So they know where they fit in on the actual processing side, but it's processing um, might be a starting point, but that's not data entry. It takes some else to do. So take... The uh, Vanessa, who you referred to, I think she's been with us for about 12 months now. Her job is completely different to what it was 12 months ago. And now we're actually empowering her to train up um, those ones a little bit as well, the, the two that were brought on this week. Mm -hmm. And it's up to them. Um, and so, you know, just like we should always look for talent in our 
in our real teams, um, we should definitely look for them in our in our virtual teams as well. Yes, yeah. I love how Vanessa's role has evolved and now she's supporting your new team members. And so what sort of things, if they're not um, the executive assistant type roles, what sort of roles do you have them in? I need an executive assistant, don't I? Um, Yeah, so... um, so, so for example, the lady we've referred to, Vanessa, a lot of our work is very data heavy. And so we get a lot of documentation from the clients and a lot of things to sort through. So her role is to um, download it all. We've got a very high security requirement in our system. So we do not um, have, for example, ID documents and all that going um, anywhere else, but outside of our mainstream system. Yes. But things like, um, you know, whether it be um a bank statements or all that sort of thing so she re she collates all of that renames it all hands it over to one of our brokers who's working on it in a way that they can then pick that file up and and start working on it straight away whereas in the past it might have taken a broker three or four hours just to organize all that themselves so that's just a really good example on in her case yeah and and i'm sure the broker is um happier in their role too given that they don't have to spend hours sorting through documents yeah well um the way we started one off this week is um talking to one of my younger brokers who's coming through himself and i said you know i need you to take over more of my day-to-day client stuff and he said i can't do it i'm too busy so we sat down and went through everything that he's spending his time on and we actually employed somebody somebody to help him do client presentations bring together PowerPoint slides, Excel files, et cetera, and do the analytics side, um, which is already, um, okay, we're on day three, but that will give him a huge amount of time freedom as well and therefore me. Yeah. And sometimes when people get virtual assistant on board, sometimes they're getting them doing new functions in the business. But another way I think that's really good to look at it, if you've already got an Australian team, is to go, okay, if they're if they in a problem, an existing team member um, save two hours a day. Just like, let's be really conservative. Imagine that what that team member could add to the business. So I really like to look at it like that. So, and it's- Oh, yeah. And everybody's job becomes more fulfilling as well, including the ones in the Philippines. You know, I, I, I guarantee if we're having this discussion in six months' time, their jobs will be very different again. <laughs> and that's up to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so how has having, uh, well, initially Vanessa impacted your business there? Yeah, so I guess uh, <laughs> you'll want me to say this. I guess it's opened my eyes up to the to the model. Um, and so that, that's that been a big help for me just to get that confidence that the model can work. The whole key thing to this, and I think you do want to talk about this anyway, is just the communication side because I know talking to business owners who use them, they find that quite a challenge. How often do you contact them? How do you do it? And all that sort of stuff. And would you like me to talk about that now? Yeah, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. So we start off every day at 9am Australian time. Um, God bless them for getting up at 6am in the Philippines during our summers. But anyway, um, and so we start off with a team meeting, goes for 20 to 30 minutes and we go around. Everybody has to say what their top three priorities are for the day. And myself as the business owner may reject some of those or anybody can give input on that. And the the, the team uh, in the Philippines is, is part of that call. So we do that all through Microsoft Teams. 
Um, we capture it all in Microsoft OneNote so everybody's clear on what their priorities are for the day. And then uh, we all stay on chat during the day as well. So that's a minimum. Yeah. But, you know, I've walked into one of the offices and they'll be on the phone or sorry, on a uh, video call with, uh, I'll keep using Vanessa as the example since she's been here a while, with Vanessa going through a particular client case and that's all, you can do that pretty easily. So the communication, I'm guessing, I, I always get things from Vanessa, you know, um, just popping out for 10 minutes or whatever it might be. Uh, it, it's, it's a pretty free-flowing communication, but the whole key to it, I believe, Carmen, is starting off with that 9 a.m. meeting, priority-setting meeting. It's not time for a chit-chat, how was your night, et cetera. It's, um, this is what my top three are today. Here's my roadblocks, if there are any roadblocks, and let's get on with it. Yeah, fantastic. Those daily meetings, uh, a number of our clients utilize them. Um, and like you said, with the whole team, not just the virtual assistant. So yeah, it's, it's a model that a lot of people find really helpful. And so um, because like like you said, Vanessa might be on a, a call with one of your team. So the day-to-day, um, in the, like the detailed interaction around the role, um, it sounds like that is within uh, one of your Australian team members. That, that, just repeat that last part. Sorry, Carmen, but yeah, it might be on my like side. The, the day-to-day interaction around the specifics around the role, it sounds like that interaction, like the operational interaction is with your um, your Australian-based team members. Correct. That is, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and I think over time what will happen is that um, it'll, it'll be cross-communication as well. So Vanessa will need to reach out to uh, Gillian, who started this week, and also in the Philippines. Um, I hate hierarchy, so um, uh, it's just whoever needs to speak to who. There's no questions, and we just jump on and, and they sort that out. Yes. And before this, we were having a bit of a chat um, about uh, the Philippines and, and the, culture, the culture and the communication. And one of the things yeah. I find myself saying, Tim, is like the variation within the country is um, more than the variation between the country. Like that, you get all sorts of individuals both in Australia and in the Philippines. So do you want to talk to me about your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're pretty shocking, aren't we, um, as Aussies? We might say, oh, they're in the Philippines and therefore they're that type of person, mm-hmm. um, forgetting that there's a few hundred million people in the country. So not everybody's going to be the same. Um, and already sort of just in terms of communication style, I mean, all the team are quite young. Um, and so uh, there's that generational thing that they're all at least on that pier on, but they are different individuals and you can see that coming through just in the way they communicate and all that. And my personal style and our team style is quite casual and and some of them are uncomfortable with that. So we've got to adapt to that and respect that as well. So it's a really good point that we shouldn't just put people in a box and, you know, just like Australians, you can't assume we all drink VB and have barbecues every evening sort of thing. <laughs> well said. And and so, Tim, one of the questions I get asked by business owners is, oh, what about security with an um, offshore team? Um, and I know c- coming from the mortgage-breaking industry that you're, you've got specific legislation around that. So what are your thoughts about security? Yeah, it's um it's a great question, and so we have to have um our all our systems are ASIC audited, and so we have a compliance unit as part of our um structure, not 
that um, that we have to report to, and they do random security checks on us as well. So everything is um, security's number one and and compliance generally, just what we can and can't say to who and all that type of thing. And so I'm very wary. So we can, and part of our, um, it's a specialist CRM system used for the industry, but we cut off um, who can access what, because if you don't need it, you shouldn't be able to access it basically. And so for things like driver's licenses and that, um, and it's not just because they're in the Philippines, but then there's people in the office that can't access other people's as well. So it's just on a must-see basis. And I think that's a big thing for anybody, I guess, in financial services in particular. Just don't, it's not either doors wide open or it's wide shut. You've got to be very um, selective on who accesses what, whether they're sitting in Melbourne or Darwin or Philippines makes no difference. Yeah, uh, well said. Uh, that's Although I'm not an expert at the, you know, the financial services legislation, like I often say to people, the controls you have in place would be the same as the controls you have for your team anywhere they're sitting. So, um, yeah, so I, I find that really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good point, though, and it's one we get clients asking us, for example, although we don't advertise and we don't hide it, though, that we might have teams in the Philippines, and clients are very aware of that understandably given what's happened with big businesses in the last six months here in terms of hacking and everything else so it's something that you just do need to be for anybody uh listening who's who's working with clients you do need to know what you're going to say when you get that question because clients are more paranoid with stuff offshore there's no question let's not hide from that yeah yeah well said and so tim what have you learned about yourself on your journey with virtual assistants Oh, it's hard to work out sometimes, Carmen. What have I learned about myself? Um, look, I think um, I, 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 it continually letting go, really. Uh, we always, we tend to sort of, particularly as business owners, need to control everything. Um, and I've always been a believer in developing people, which is why I've always enjoyed having people in the office. Um, but... You know, just because they're not here, they can be developed as well. Yes. And without pretending that they're quite part of the team, I mean, for example, every Friday morning here, we have a what we call a business improvement meeting. And the last Friday of the month, we'll go out for lunch. Well, clearly, that's not practical. Yes. Um, so you're going to be adaptive and and respectful for other people's cultures as well. I'll, I'll just summarize it like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it sounds like... Um... It, it's doing what you can to incorporate them as part of the team, but being realistic about some of the limitations. Yeah, absolutely. And telling them, you know, if we're going to go and have a pub lunch, well, I need to know that we're not going to hide it. And so, do you know what I mean? That's nothing yeah. to be just the way things work. And the, at least they tell us they understand it. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if you wonder why none of us are responding for the next couple of hours. That's, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. yeah. And and so, Tim, as you said, your business is busy and it's growing, even though, you know, for um, similar businesses, it, it can be, it's a little bit hard out there at the moment. Um, and you're growing your virtual assistant team and you're, you know, investing in the future. What do you think your secret to success with virtual assistants is? Oh, um my whole thing about this, Cohen, uh, maybe it also relates back to your last question. One thing I have learned in the last couple of years, especially through COVID, is 
you just don't recruit when you need to recruit. You've got to be continually having a, uh, and I do call it the sales funnel of, of recruiting, just like you want a sales funnel of leads coming through to prospects and so on. And so you want to be investing ahead of when you need the resource. And so, you know, when we're talking uh, with Priya about this, whether we bring on one or two people, my automatic response was bring on two um, because uh, there's not going to be one there twiddling their thumbs. But because, yeah, if your business is going to be growing, well, it won't grow without people. We know that. So you should be investing in people and, and, and recruiting in advance. I think that's a really my big sort of tip for everybody to be thinking about, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, um, Ren and I just made a decision this week to bring on another finance person in our business. So we've already got someone full-time in finance. And, like, we can yeah. make do with that for, you know, the foreseeable future. But we're like, oh, but if we got two, imagine there are other things we could do. So um, so we've started that process now. But um, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a great point. And you don't want to be recruiting in a, in a state of desperation or else you're just going to recruit the wrong people. And yeah. so... You know, and that's where you guys do do a great job is presenting us with people. Um, generally, they're very good, but for whatever reason, you, we might reject five of them and say, go back and let's have a look at more. Because um, if you're desperate for resources, you'll just jump at one of those ones and they're probably not the right person. And, you know, it's easy to recruit people, but it's hard to change people once you've recruited them. And so um, you've just got to be ahead of, ahead of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. And so, Tim, what advice do you have for business owners who are thinking about getting a virtual assistant? Yeah, look, um, obviously I'm a believer in it. Um, I think what we've discussed sort of brings that out. Um, but please, you know, you've got to treat them as though they're part of the team and you've got to have everything really laid out for them. Um, they're not going to be naturally... Uh, work coming in and asserting themselves um, initially at least and so you've got to be very clear on your expectations of them your role for them uh, where they fit into things and just um, communicate communicate and just uh, you know whether you need to do it two or three times a day for 10 minutes it's far better than sending them an email every two days and saying how are we going with that yeah and uh, the people who do send emails every two days, I can guarantee you that in three months' time, they're going to go, oh, it didn't work out. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I mean, it's a bit like, you know, when you get a lead or a prospect coming into your business and you get back to them two days later with an email saying, I'll pull you. But, you know, <laughs> hey, that horse has run down the road since then. But it must be terrible for them. Put yourselves in the shoes of them in the Philippines. They must be so concerned about themselves. They're thinking, oh, what they're being ghosted <laughs> do you know what i mean and say so I'm, I'm exaggerating it to make them yeah. exaggerating to make the point really but um gee you've just got to be thinking of their situation as well they'll do anything for you yeah they really will what we you've got to we do have virtual assistants reach out to like their support people in our love team um, and going, I can't get in contact with my client. <laughs> like, wow, is that right? Calling them from Australia sometimes, you know, because you know, obviously something's gone on, and but it leaves them in a state of uncertainty as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm well, glad that you okay. guys are communicating really well and frequently as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, that short, sharp check-in is 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 key. To be honest, 
Yeah. 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 And I think it's something you require of them. Every day I get an email summary of what they did for the day. Yes. So we we asked the virtual assistants to send end of day reports. Um, so yeah. it's the summary of the things they do that day, the things they're um, f- planning on focusing on tomorrow and any outstanding questions they have for you. So I- Yeah, no, and that's very helpful as well. Yeah. So um, I love the way that you've got them to do that because um, well, I do well, I do read through those. Yeah, it's super simple but really effective. So um, I think it's I think it's a good strategy for for virtual assistants and business owners to use. So yeah, it just ties the yeah, day in a bow. Yeah, awesome, Tim. So thank you. thank you so much. You've been really insightful, and I'm I'm loving watching your journey as you grow, and um, you're being really strategic with it as well. So if if someone's um enjoyed you know listening to you and think they might like support to buy a house um or with their investment how can people contact you Sure. so our um our website is simply without um doing the hand mouthful so it's fin fin like sharkfintwice.com.au uh you'll find us there or else um I'm Tim Boyle um tim.boyle at finfin.com.au uh, just reach out. Yeah, we'd love to help whoever's um, interested in uh, developing their property, whether it's, as I mentioned, to buy your first home or expand or refinance or whatever it might be. Awesome. And I'll put those links in the bottom. So, Tim, do you have any final words? Uh, final words. Um, I guess I guess I'm going to just to hammer back to those main two points, come and over-communicate and recruit in advance. They, they might be main two lessons and you know you're going to add list three now don't you these days so my third one would be to um, look for points of leverage in your business that uh, somebody can really add a lot of value to list out the things you don't like doing or don't feel particularly leveraged because that's the thing that's that will be the opportunity for you awesome well thank you so much tim absolute pleasure carmen nice chatting with you